Welcome to Laws of Legacy. I'm your host, Delana Barbie, the Around the Way Lawyer. I help everyday entrepreneurs like you protect, build, and secure their assets and leave a lasting legacy. Each week, I'll bring you information on the legal, financial, business, and other topics to take you from hustler to boss. If you're down for the ride, buckle up and listen in. Before we jump into this episode, remember, even though I'm a lawyer and legal topics may be discussed, this is not legal advice and I'm not your lawyer. This is general educational information to get you thinking. Speak to a lawyer if you have any questions about your specific situation. And with that, let's get going. I am so excited about today's episode. We have a special guest and we are talking money, honey. At the end of the day, your business does exist to generate revenue because money can help create a financially fit business. And that money can help support you, support your loved ones, support your community, charitable causes, and more. So understanding the money in your business is key to leaving the legacy that you want to leave through your business. And we will get into all of that today. But first, let me introduce you to our special guest. Our special guest is Ayana Vaughn. Ayana Vaughn is the lead CFO and owner of Lovely Financials Group. And she's the epitome of an educator who loves numbers. Crunching numbers, identifying gaps in business transactions, and educating the masses on how to truly become profitable in business is what Ayana loves most. Ayana is a financial strategist and podcast host with years of experience in the financial industry. Although planted in Metro Atlanta, Ayana travels the world physically and virtually, helping women-led businesses hone their financial aspirations and develop financial systems designed to push them into seven-figure earnings. Ayana Vaughn works alongside various financial professionals in order to create a comprehensive money-making team. Ayana enjoys speaking to groups of business leaders about financial acumen, cash flow strategies, and overall business awareness. When Ayana is not working with her clients or speaking to groups, she is watching all of the family movies with her daughter, dancing to Caribbean music, and knee-deep in African-centric novels. And so, without further delay, I'm going to place you into the conversation between me and Ayana Vaughn. Ayana, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much for having me, Delena. So I've given your bio, but I would like to know what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Hmm, I'm not sure if this was <laughs> in my bio, actually, but my first love was dance. And on one hand, I'm left-handed, and so I'm not really good with choreography. I just blame my left-handedness on that. But I am a huge fan and like just and dancing and just off the top of my head, just doing like any dance move. I mostly dance to like Caribbean music. And that was my first love all through high school. It was a form of therapy for me. So that's something that maybe not too many people know about me. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool to know. I didn't know that about you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Do you have anywhere online where we can see some of these moves? <laughs> right. Good question. I don't. <laughs> but my dream is like once everything kind of like flows with the business, I have my personal things going on. I would love to do like international like Caribbean dance classes. So that would be cool to do. <laughs> so then it, it'll be online. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'll keep you to that. <laughs> So what drew you into the financial space? Yeah, great question, because I have a roundabout way of how I got here. So in college, my major was healthcare management, and then I took financial accounting, and I fell in love with accounting there. And at the time, I was expecting my daughter. So it was like, I was towards the end of my college career. It was like, okay, let's just get a couple more semesters in and I'm done. (laughs) And I fell in love with accounting. So I was just torn. I was like, you know what? After college, I'll come back and I'll come back for accounting or do my MBA and get my CPA license because eventually I wanted to be a CFO at a hospital. And with my professor telling me, hey, you should go ahead, change your major now. I was torn and I was like, you know what? No, let me just finish. So after college, instead of going back to college, you know, I had my daughter and instead of going to do like regular work, I instead decided to stay at home with my daughter and I did something what is called being a host parent. And essentially that is being a foster mom to adults with special needs. And I essentially became a mom of three overnight in my younger 20s. And I was, you know, basically serving everyone else but myself. And then I wanted to do something where I did something for myself. So I invested in a class to create a bookkeeping business because it helped me conceptualize everything that I learned in my accounting courses in college into a business. And that's where I got into helping women in online business with their financials. Awesome. So you found that, you know, out of your circumstances, you still felt like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's something that I want to do for myself. And you decided to invest in this course. What made you confident? Like I can put this investment in. I know I could be successful because so many people will say, you know, I'm not going to make this investment in myself because I'm just not sure. What if I spend this money and it doesn't work out? What drove you to say, you know, I think I can make this work. So it definitely took a couple of times me going through like the free, you know how like with online business, you do like the free video series and you'll listen and then they sell you. So I went through that a couple of (laughs) times. Honestly, first time I was not ready. And then I was telling family members, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. And they were like, you know, being a bookkeeper, like, why would you do that when you could do something else in a business? But they didn't understand the concept of having an actual business. And the scalability of having a bookkeeping business at the time, I didn't even know the scalability of it, but I knew that this was my first step into doing something different and for myself and something that I love to do. And so what led you to say, you know, I like to work with small businesses and small businesses are my jam because you mentioned, hey, I wanted to work for a hospital at one point, but you haven't gone back that route. How is it that you like connected with the small business owners and decided, you know, this is my space and I'm going to own it? Yeah. So before I decided on working with small business owners, I wanted to create a blog and I wanted to do like crafting, like, you know, showing my family and all this, but I was like extremely inconsistent. But then I witnessed women in online business crushing their goals and creating legacies for their family, but they were really afraid to talk about money and taxes. And that's where I wanted to fit in that gap or fill that gap to support them and help them become empowered with their financials. Just kind of understand that it's not so difficult as long as you kind of 
understand it and be consistent with it. So speaking of understanding it, what are some mistakes that you see out there that small business owners make when they're trying to manage or not manage their finances right. in their business? <laughs> I say this all the time, but the very first mistake that people make is not separating their personal versus their business financials. They just kind of tie it all in one and just hope for a business to come into fruition. Because if you treat your business like a business from the beginning and have its own entity, even if it's like just its own separate financials, then you'll start respecting your business. And then that's when your business will flourish or like you're putting that seed and you're growing your business in that way. So stop the commingling if you are doing it now, you know, no, no shade or anything, but, you know, try to separate your personal from your business life. Another mistake that I see is not tracking it, of course, because, you know, you're just out there doing the service, creating the offering and just creating essentially. And it's hard to get back to that place of a business owner and seeing what actually transpired in your business. So you mentioned, you know, not commingling. What do you think about apps like Cash App, Vimeo? Mm-hmm. Because you'll see sometimes people say, hey, they kind of just start a business. Yeah. And the way that they're collecting the money is like through those type of apps that they already have on their phone for convenience. What are your right. thoughts on that? I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know it is a means of just like getting out there and just kind of doing it as quickly as possible. But what I would recommend is getting, even if it's a separate personal checking account, making it separate and then getting on something that has kind of like a receipt system so that you can show that you actually gave this service or gave this product, something like Stripe that's free to get onto as as long as you have your bank account. You can set up your free Stripe account, then you can set it up on your system so that you can kind of provide that receipt to a client or something like PayPal. I know we don't necessarily, um, a lot of horror stories with PayPal, but at least it has that way to give a receipt to someone. And then immediately when you get that cash, now PayPal account, put it over to your business checking account just to kind of protect yourself. Because you want to have a paper trail when it comes to having a business. It's hard to understand what's going on with Cash App. If it's just, you know, if people are giving you money to reimburse you for like dinner the other night, or for drinks, or if your boyfriend gave you some lunch money or something like that. So it's hard to kind of know like what was for business, what was not for business in a cash app account or Venmo. Is there anything else that they should know in terms of managing funds? So one is, you know, having something that when you're getting your payments and leaves a paper trail, anything else that they need to know about managing their funds on their own? Absolutely. So another thing is definitely getting on a system. It doesn't have to be the most robust system at first. There is Wave Apps. That is a free accounting software that you can use. You can set it straight up with your checking account. I've worked with Waves in the beginning of my business with clients, and it's extremely easy to use. So getting on that system so you can know exactly what you brought in, exactly what went out, so you can know what is left over in your business. Another thing that I highly recommend for new entrepreneurs or new business owners is reading the book Profit First. It helps you just be non-negotiable with your finances and just help you feel like you are in control of your numbers a little bit better. Absolutely. I think what I hear you saying is really taking ownership of Mm -hmm. financials in your business, not just letting it passively happen, like utilizing these apps, getting money and not really knowing, you know, what 
money you have in, you know, what you have to work off of, where you got it from, you know, what's your best seller. If you're selling different right. things in your businesses, services, or products, and you're not really tracking it, you don't know what is the money maker. And so you're not really focused on that, where if you can track these things, you can see what's the money maker in my business. What's my profit? How can I be more efficient maybe and get right. more profits off of what I'm doing? So really this helps with the transparency of what's going on in your business. And of course, when you're doing your taxes and things, you're going to need to know this information anyway. And so that gets into my next question. There's different roles in finance. And so sometimes people are like, well, what does each role do? So there's bookkeepers, there's accountants, there's tax preparers. So I want to know a little bit about what those roles are and where do you fit in within those roles? So basically we start with the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper runs the day-to-day financials, helps you code your transactions, reconciling them, meaning that they check it with the bank statement with what's in your accounting system and create some internal financial reports for you to review and ensure accuracy. And essentially that helps that next person, which is like that tax preparer, create, you know, compliant reports to the IRS to create your return. The accountant is someone who does more advanced reporting. And before talking with you today, I was just thinking of the different areas of accounting. So there is financial accounting. The financial accounting piece is creating those reports, right? Then there's managerial accounting. And that is like marrying your operations with your numbers just to know how can you manage a company and understand how well it's performing in each level. Then there's tax accounting. And of course, that definitely handles all of the tax compliance and just making sure that you're doing your taxes every single year or like your payroll taxes and things like that. And, you know, a tax preparer, you know, they only focus on that tax preparation piece, but they don't necessarily live inside of the bookkeeping every single day. And then there's, you know, depending on where you live, you can't call yourself an accountant, like in the state of Texas, unless you're a CPA. And that CPA holds a license where they are able to represent you and able to create like reports that are outside of the business, like for the bank, like signing documentation saying, yeah, this has been checked over by me. And I'm able to say that these financials are accurate for like a loan or something like that, or like someone like an investor that's outside of the company. And also you have someone called like an enrolled agent and that person only specializes in taxes and they also can represent you in front of the IRS. And all of that, (laughs) where we fit in with business owners is we are an outsourced CFO firm. So when you think of like your accounting and your finance department, there's like that CFO that kind of manages all of those people under them. And we have our bookkeepers and then we have our tax preparers And then we also kind of have our financial analyst where we help you understand what's going on with your numbers and help you plan for the future. When I think of accounting, I think of the past and what happened. When we think about the future, I think of finance. And that tells you how do we understand based on past numbers, how to project for the future to hit your money goals. So we marry those two together and form like a financial strategy where we help you stretch yourself, first of all, (laughs) with your financial goals help you understand how to reach them and help you see you through those goals and where your company can grow. I love what you said. Like the accounting is focused on the past, but then there's Mm -hmm. that financial 
analyst at financial strategy looking towards the future and how you can utilize those numbers from the past to help you predict the future. That's a great service that you're providing so that business owners are not just thinking about, I think sometimes when we're thinking about the business and managing money, it's like, I have to do something about what I just got, but not really utilizing that data. That's really meaningful data to figure out what you're going to do and strategically move and position your business accordingly based upon that data. Right, right. And then to add with that, you know, up until this point, you know, we think about maximizing our profits and things like that. But then we need to also think when growing our companies, how do we understand how all of these actions in our business affect our tax liability? So then going into some type of tax strategy to help you legally reduce your tax bill. Or how can you say, when you're growing your business, I want to hit a certain amount. And how do I do that if I'm growing at a certain rate each year? So that goes into that financial strategy piece as well. So how does someone know then that it's time for them to seek a professional to work on this? So if I'm someone who just kind of started my business and I'm trying to figure out exactly when it's time to bring in either your team or one of these other roles, what Mm -hmm. do you suggest? Yeah. So when you're first starting your business, personally, I am an advocate for you being able to DOI your numbers. Like if you're within your first six figures, it's like, okay, of course, getting someone to help you get it started, but like being intimate with your numbers and managing them on your own helps you understand exactly what's going on in your business. Then when you hit around a quarter million a year or 250,000, that's when it's like, okay, I can have someone come in as a bookkeeper to help me create those financial reports. Up until that point with me in that first six figures, I know exactly what the numbers mean. And I know how to get back to what I'm doing and drive those sales. Because when you're within your first seven figures in your business, you're just driving those sales and you're just making sure that you keep that business afloat. You're hiring your team because you're able to bring in those sales in. And then when you get to about half a million or 500K, that's when you want someone who is more of like a CFO to help you marry those past financials with your future goals and help you kind of travel them along so that you can expand your business. And then when you reach that seven figure year and above, that's when you need to have more people on your team, you know, or even before that, you can have, you know, someone else who is specializing in the tax strategy. Because in my opinion, when you grow your profits, you need to also grow those tax strategies too. <laughs> because <laughs> it can get out of control. So as you grow your business, just kind of think of all those things. So if bookkeeping is not in your ministry or anything like that, or DIY is out, out of the question for you. I am a huge fan of using kind of like an affordable bookkeeping solution. And I usually recommend something called bench.co. And it's a really affordable bookkeeping service where you can vividly just see your financials. It's super simple. And then as you kind of grow a more robust company, then expanding to someone who's more hands-on with you and definitely have someone who prepares your taxes each year as you grow your business, because it's totally different, you know, having your personal taxes versus like adding on a business, depending on the tax structure that you have and even understanding which tax structure is best for you. It's in your best interest to at least talk with someone in the beginning who can also understand your industry and your growth potential. Because if you are an online business owner, I've seen companies go from six figures to a million in that next year, you know, and someone who's like a quote, traditional accountant or tax, you know, accountant, they don't 
necessarily see that growth and then they don't understand. So you're not properly prepared for that growth. And then you have, you know, a huge taxable because it's like, oh, I didn't even know I was going to grow to a million this next year. And here I am with a huge tax bill for myself. So I hope that answers your question on like the different stages of business and, and the type of support that I think that you would need as you grow. It definitely does. And I think you also brought up an important point at the end there of having someone who's familiar with the type of business you have if mm-hmm. possible. because, you know, the online business space versus brick and mortar business space, right. two completely different worlds in, um, in many cases. And so if you're in the online business space, having someone who like knows what type of growth that looks like, or if you're in the brick and mortar space, having someone who understands what that looks like is so important. So thinking about that and when you're seeking out your professional, if you're using, utilizing a professional at this point is very important as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even a plug into you and your type of services, I'm a huge advocate for someone when they hit half a million or above in their businesses, getting like a whole like legal strategy. Like how do you grow from here legally in your business? Because all those different things come into place. (laughs) When growing a business, you need to make sure that you protect yourself, protect your business, protect your intellectual property. And you know, also understanding how do you fit that into your budget? You know, how do you fit that into your cash flow plan for the future? That's a really good point. So when you talk about bringing a legal team, oftentimes what will happen is your team will cross-pollinate. So Mm -hmm. although you have a lawyer and then you have maybe a CPA, that doesn't mean that they kind of stay in their own world. What can happen is that they meet too and they talk because your accountant, for example, might be giving you certain advice. And you might have a CFO or outsourced CFO who's kind of driving things. And you have now a lawyer. You don't have to worry about being the middle person. Often, mm-hmm. like, manage those. You can ask them to get together. And many times if they will, um, right. professionals, our roles do overlap and they can have conversations to make sure, okay, the advice that we're giving, all of it kind of corresponds and it's going to have a broader perspective. And we're going to make sure that we align to all together, give you the best advice possible for what you're doing. And everyone understands a different aspect of your business. So it's great to have a team behind you in that sense, a team of professional advisors. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's invaluable to have a team of advisors who are able to talk with each other. Because like you said, you want to go from having things on your own to then not being that middle person have them all be that liaison between you and the growth of your business. So that brings me to legacy and wanting to have a conversation about that. And before I do, I just want to know what your definition of legacy is and what it means to you. Yeah. So my definition of legacy is like growing something that is able to create time and financial freedom for me and my family lineage. Like I want to be able to support my children's children's children, <laughs> you know, <Okay>, and <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, and also, you know, when it comes to having a business, you know, that's a clear way to start to create that legacy for you. Even if your children are not going to take over your business, you could at least have some type of plan in place to create that legacy for the future of your family life. How does managing the funds in the business in particular tie into legacy? 
Yeah. So there's different ways of where you can implement that legacy, right? Not only driving sales is the part of growing a business. It's like maintaining profits. It's also maintaining cash flow. It's growing your cash on hand. It's like investing that cash to make more money and also creating tax strategies where you include your children potentially in that growth of your business. And, you know, also ensuring that you have some type of retirement plan, you know, growing your business as well. Because how many of us entrepreneurs think of retiring or creating a retirement plan? You know, so that's something that we need to all think about. Like this could be the key or a huge piece in creating a legacy for your family. That's awesome. You're so correct in terms of, you know, just utilizing this as your way of setting the foundation for that legacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about you and your role. You know, you started this out. You said, hey, I I thought I was going to go into accounting, had my baby and kind of took a different path. But right now, the work that you're doing, you're not only creating a legacy for yourself through your business, but you're also helping other people move forward in their own legacy and helping to make sure that, you know, their businesses survive for whatever plans they may have. Like you said, if that's not giving it to your children, you know, position it possibly to sell or some other Mm -hmm. way that you're going to continue to create value out of your business. So definitely when you're thinking about your business and how you can have a legacy out of that, managing your funds and making sure that it is financially fit and financially healthy is so important and key. Thank you. You're welcome. As you were saying that I have two books in mind for everyone to read. One is called The Cashflow Quadrant. And that a big piece is going from, well, long story short, the cash flow quadrant shows you four different ways to create wealth in your life. And the first way, of course, is, you know, not necessarily wealth, but the way you receive cash. And the first is being an employee. We all know how that is. The second one is being self-employed. And that's where we get stuck as an entrepreneur is being self-employed because you go from having a job from one person to have a job of many. How can we go from being self-employed to owning a business where the business is able to sustain itself and create wealth for you in that way, a little bit passively, right? Because it's not always going to be passive. Then the fourth is like through investing and that's money growing on itself. So I think as you talk about that and as you talk about legacy, I think that's a really key book to read. Even if entrepreneurship is not for you, there's other ways or other avenues to create wealth in, in your life. Another book is um, called The Millionaire Next Door. And that book just helps you understand that, you know, how can you live your everyday life while still growing the wealth in your life? I read The Cashflow Quadrant. I have to put The Millionaire Next Door on my list to do next then. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Cashflow Quadrant was great. Yes, yes. (laughs) What is one thing that if there was nothing else anyone heard, I hope everybody was listening to the whole thing, but if if they didn't hear anything else, what's the one takeaway that you want them to get from this episode? Mm, Treat your business like a business. And that can mean for everything. Amen. You could just drop the mic right there. Right. Put some respect on your business. (laughs) That might be the title of this episode. (laughs) Put some respect on your business. That is so funny. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. Where can listeners learn more about you and your business? Yes. So we are at lovelyfinancials.com. 
where you can visit our website. We are also Lovely Financials on Instagram. And we also have, well, I've created a podcast and it's called the Major Margins Podcast. So definitely listen if you are interested. And finally, if you are interested in learning, you know, the behind the scenes of having a business, motherhood and all that good stuff, my personal Instagram is at the Ayana. That's T-H-E-I-Y-A-N-N-A. It was a pleasure. And Ayana is one of the people who can make money fun. So definitely follow <laughs> her, link up with her website, whatever you have to do, be sure to follow her and her business. Thank you again for joining us on this episode. And thank you for having me, Delena. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a thing. And I'd love it if you take a moment to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to podcasts, because that'll help others to find the podcast. Lastly, if you missed anything at all, if you're looking for a link to something or someone I've mentioned, or just for more, visit our show notes page. The link is in the podcast episode description. Talk to you next time.